Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. La di da, la di da, la la. So, guys, the second, second, what we, collective of filmmaking, or the second, I don't know, the second sitting, the second sitting of filmmakers. It's 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 a schnitt show. We've done this for a couple of years. Some of you guys have been on on the schnitt show before. Craig, you've been on the schnitt show before. Paul, have you been on the schnitt show before? So we got Paul Spears, Karat Pretorius, Alexandra Surgina. That's right. <laughs> uh, Roxanne Dalton and Craig Parker, welcome. You guys all have films in the festival this year. Uh, very exciting. Um, five days of South African international short films, um, screening almost 200 films all in all, I think. Um, and Cape Town being one of eight cities this year, all screening at the same time. So uh, Schnitt, for those of you who've never been before, Schnitt screens the same international lineup at all these cities at the same time, and then each country has its own national program where we just celebrate the schnitt out of our own films and each other's films which is nice and exciting um so the name schnitt comes from because it's because schnitt started in switzerland so it's it's swiss german and schnitt is the word for cut in german so it's almost like when you cut the film you schnitt the film but that's not actually where the name comes from even though i thought it was for years and years it was only a couple of years ago i found out that in Switzerland, in Bern, in the German part of Switzerland, if something, it's like old slang, if something's schnitty, it's cool. So, but it's, it's, I think it's like an 80s word or something. So when they were like, oh, let's, let's, let's throw a cool festival, let's throw a schnitt festival, and the name sort of stuck, and now it's become, you know, almost a verb of its own, or like, are you schnitting this area? Which means, are you going to schnitt? I just I just coined that, so feel free to use <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> from, from this first make it happen. <laughs> um, so let's. Uh, I think we start by talking about your films, and and then uh, and then talking sort of expanding beyond that into what's coming up, what's next, and then what we like to do is talk a bit about just the state of creativity and making art in South Africa in general. Cool. Um, so uh, Paul, let's uh, let's start with you on my right hand side, and, and your film, objectively speaking, which is that's correct, yeah, which is probably the shortest film of of all of them. Probably, so it's a hard hitting documentary, though hard hard hitting yeah, documentary, very, very, very <laughs> hard hitting. Um, he says that very tongue in cheek because that's not what it is. It's um, <laughs> it's a it's a short film that takes the style of a, a mockumentary, which is obviously a play on the word mockumentary. Uh, I shouldn't have to explain this, but the, the film does for itself. Um, where, yeah, we just look at the lives of inanimate objects and we give them a voice. And um, I, I shouldn't give too much away. No, it's, I must yeah, just it's, give enough. No, I think give enough to whet people's appetites yeah, exactly. without giving away the, like, the so, punchlines. Okay, so imagine a central protagonist being a microphone and he, desire, he decides he wants to give a voice to those without one. Mm. That's it, yeah. yeah, I like That's it. That's literally my log line. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the, cause it was, um, what was the creative process on the film? Where did the idea come from? Actually, we were uh, meeting with a bunch of friends about something completely different. And um, one of the guys in the group grabbed a, f- a fork and started giving it, giving it a voice. Okay. You know, probably <laughs> with a number of expletives. Uh, and, um, <laughs> and that was it. That was the start. We were like, oh, imagine we just filmed that and added these voices. And yeah. then it kind of grew from there and we spitballed it and the cinematographer got on board and she just pushed for it. Her energy mm. was like, let's shoot it over this weekend. Yeah. A weekend later, we'd done it. Yeah, yeah it's a beautiful mm. film. It's, it, it's, oh. it's beautifully shot. It's, cool. Thank yeah. you. Well, I'll tell her. Yeah. <laughs> if she's listening. <laughs> Which she should be. Except we're not live, so that's, <laughs> that's trouble. So definitely not right now. <laughs> Although she her. might be listening now, if 
you're listening now. If you're listening now. Exactly. Wow. And also because I have sent her a message, future Paul, send her a message to tell her to listen. So she's yeah, listening. because it's literally just gone online this morning. Oh, wow. It did, yeah. She's went online this Real morning. Real time. Yeah. Time travel. I don't even know where I am. Oh, there's a concept. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Um, so how did you choose what objects you were going to put in it? Um, so it was mostly what was accessible. So a lot of those, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those objects are in my apartment. Okay. Uh, the rest are in uh, near parks where I didn't need location or shoot permits. Uh, my office and a few others that didn't make the cut, but pretty much everything that was around. Yeah, that wasn't that creative. I just sh- shot what we could. <laughs> That's well. Sometimes <laughs> the most creativity comes out of necessity, right? Yeah, so exactly. Actually, True. actually, it's quite profound. Uh, okay, great, brilliant, brilliant, cool. brilliant. Um, Gerard, let's talk about the discovery of fire. Yeah, um, which on the it's on the total opposite end of the scale. It's it's because it actually it, it's very emotionally wrought and and um, and affecting. Awesome. Yeah, I think you know, like on surface level, it's almost quite a, a simple film. It's really just about a man and his wife um, who have lost a kid and mm-hmm. how they actually just need to reconnect. Um, but it's kind of like told from his perspective and the kind of journey that we go on with him is, you know, he reaches that point where he needs to confront the remorse. He can't Mm -hmm. like go on any longer. And once he hits that wall, he kind of like detours from his like everyday kind of routine. And we follow him as he kind of, you know, ventures into this forest. And really at the heart of that is like a, a man who, wants to rediscover his own masculinity Mm, and the kind of you know allegorical way of of showing that is that he just wants to do something kind of very simple and basic um, and that's just to cut down a tree and make a fire yeah Um, but before he can do that he hears a young boy crying and um yeah the the rest of the film kind of like takes us on this journey of of what happens when you actually do confront all that emotion and, and all that like pent up anger and, and remorse and, and, you know, we see what happens between two people when they actually have to deal with that. Yeah. And it's nice because it never explicitly gives you, uh, you know, it never explicitly tells you or shows you what happened, but gives you enough to fill the pieces in. And I sort of got a sense of you're never really sure whether you're inside his mind or whether what you're saying is real and, and it's... Uh. Yeah, yeah. And and those were... That's good to hear because that, that's kind of like, you know, you could make it more um, refined and, and kind of really be um, prescriptive and say this is exactly what happened. But I think by leaving it a little bit more open, people buy into it more mm. a little bit emotionally and you kind of like go along this journey and and it's with some of you know the people who have seen it like have said like what they really like about it is that, like it leaves you thinking about it mm. you know it doesn't you don't just forget it um which was you know probably the nicest thing that yeah, <laughs> someone yeah, can yeah, say about a film you definitely want so, people to you know, carry your film with them for, yeah for yeah, better or so worse we're, maybe yeah very happy about that yeah and Lowe's uh, low fence's performance is amazing and yeah and and that was really cool because like most people know low from you know corner and twaki and and yeah. a lot of you know comedic performances and and we cast him in the exact opposite and that was really nice because for some reason i just always kind of felt like he would be perfect for the parts and I kind of wrote it with him in mind not having ever met him or anything okay, like that really? <laughs> amazing and um, we kind of just you know got in touch and I sent him the script and I said look do you 
think this might be something you'd be keen to do. And yeah, he came on board. And we also had um, the lovely itinerary yeah. Van Beckler, who's yeah. just as amazing. Also phenomenal. Yeah. And then um, our young kid was uh, a little boy called Kian Lilly. And it was actually his first time on film. Wow. Um, okay. He had done like modeling and stuff before, but um, which was also quite cool because he just like blew us away. Yeah. No, it's it's very powerful. I think uh, I think audiences are going to respond very strongly to it. Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alexandra also emotionally wrought in a in a sort of in a different way, but sort of no less affecting. Sons of Crime. Um, Sorry. We'll leave yes. that in. Hello. Hello. So our film is called Sons of Crime. Um, it is a ten-minute crime piece, um, and our film's uh, sorry, our film's about a character Mali. So basically, we follow his adventure throughout the film. So being a poor and homeless man, <laughs> um, Mali basically struggles to make an honest living um, as a taxi driver in Cape Town. Yeah. And uh, in this film, he's kind of forced to make a decision where he can either lose everything or gain a lot. So as he's poor, he's obviously kind of lured into going on an adventure that could bring him wealth by following a mysterious mm. woman. So, um, yeah, this film explores a lot um, about choice. Um, and uh, the ending, um, you're going to have to see it, how it ends. Yes, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, you know, it talks a lot about the weight of family obligations and expectations and those sorts of things. Because mm, yes, uh, some of those... Some of the layers, the layers underneath them, the, that that explicit story is just the weight of, you know, like the weight of fathers and sons and the burdens yes, of the yes. past and that sort of thing. So, what inspired the story? Where does it come from? Because you you produced it, but yes, you you correct. didn't direct it. No, I didn't. Our director wasn't able to make it today. Okay. But basically, yeah, no. The inspiration of this film um, was quite precise. Basically, our director he kind of said to us that, especially living in South Africa in a country like this, there is a big difference between economic uh, economy class, and. Um, Every day there is crime that happens around us. Um, in the position that we are, for example, the people that we are surrounded by, we hear about it and we know about it. But do we ever actually look into it? Um, so this film kind of explores the side where sometimes these people who commit these crimes and who make these choices, they kind of don't have another choice, you know? Mm. Everyone has dreams and everyone has certain desires to want to pursue something. So sometimes that desire can be so tempting that you feel like, Making a certain choice is the only resort in order mm. to reach it. Yeah, so that was that was the inspiration. Yeah, performance is also really strong as well. Mm. Who? So tell us a bit about your actors. Okay, so we had um, our main character Mali is played by Matteo Medisa um, mm. and Nala Kumalo, who is the antagonist. Um, as this film was obviously made at AFTER, so mm -hmm. these were both graduating students in the performance um, sides. And uh, in terms of the genre for them, um, I feel like. It was definitely theirs. So both characters always worked in the more serious film concepts and everything. So, uh -huh. yeah, I think they, they definitely they enjoyed it. They pulled it off very well. And um, also because there's um, it's it's close to them. Right. You know what I mean? They, they yeah. can relate to it. So mm. that's what that's what made it good. I think. Yeah, very nice. Very, very glad to have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roxanne, so... Yeah. <laughs> of a totally, totally different... Um, what I mean, it's a totally different. I want to say it's a documentary, but it's not really a documentary. It's it's almost sort of a haunting. There's something quite surreal about it as a character study too. Uh, Father's house. Yeah. Uh, tell us, tell us where where this <laughs> film came from. We see it maybe as a poetic profile of a cave dweller. Okay. Maybe that could be a description. Um, a friend of mine has a holiday house on the Caymans River, and uh -huh. that's how I met Clifford Brandon. And then we were filming, we're finishing off another shoot 
and happened to be in the area with all our camera gear. So we went to see if he was still there. Okay. And nine years later, he's still there and he's converted this abandoned restaurant on the railway tracks, um, which is built into a cave, into a home and an art piece. And apparently Jack Parrow shot his music video there, okay. although we did search all his music videos and we couldn't, couldn't find it. So right. we don't know which one he was talking about. Okay. Um, and it's, uh, he believed that God gave him this cave. So he's got this room, uh, which is his favorite, which is Father's Room. And that's why it's called Father's House. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so... I mean, it's sort of hard to describe him as a character, but you, you, you'd met him or you knew of him and you just arrived on his doorstep one day and said, can we come in and film you? He, um, well, first there were some other drifters who uh, were just sleeping outside and they went to try and find him and they told us he is around, but he's getting, he's getting dressed. And so about two hours later <laughs> and many okay. cutaways, he was like, I'm ready for an interview. Right. Yeah. So just cold, like there was no prior, because it also feels very intimate. You know, he, he's he's sort of, it almost feels like they've been, I don't know, years of prior relationship or build up to, to get that sort of vulnerability that he's showing. He was quite open and um, we get the sense that he, a lot of, he, he takes, anyone who walks past, he takes them on a tour and that's okay. how he makes a bit of money. Uh, okay. So he is used to telling his own story okay. very much so. Okay. Um, but there's, he lives completely, there's no cell phone contact, no nothing, so... The only way you can actually get to him is to walk along the railway lines and hope the tide hasn't come in so you can get back. <laughs> okay, so if the tide comes in, then you then you are stuck and you wait. And you wait or swim. Oh, or swim. Yeah. And this, I mean, who, <laughs> amazing, amazing. Or we'll get more cutaways. Or we'll get more cutaways, <laughs> yeah, more yeah. ambience. Okay, so the whole thing shot over the course of a day. Have you been back since? We haven't. So we haven't even shown him the short film. Seen, okay. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to go back. Because it's just been recently finished. Yeah. 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 So um, what's the plan? Are you going to take it back, show him? How do you think he's going to respond? Um, I'm quite curious. I think he'll enjoy it. Mm. Um, He's he's very, he doesn't like, there's certain topics that he won't talk about at all, which is what we found. The interview itself was about two hours. Okay. So the tide did actually come in and we got stuck. (laughs) Um, So I'd be quite curious to see. I think he'd enjoy it, yeah. Mm. Uh, is there a, a follow-up piece or like a longer film? or, or That was it? the intention. So yeah. this short film, it was made thinking that we'd come back over a period of a longer time and yeah. get his story in more detail. Or because he believes that God has told him he can't leave the cave for a certain number of days. And those days are about to end. So oh. we're quite curious to see where he'll, oh, he'll wow. go. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, you have to be there. I know. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> the return, the leaving, leaving, <laughs> leaving the father's house. Really, that's that's amazing, though. Jeez, what a what a find! Just in terms of how like these interesting stories are around us all the time, and we have no idea. You yeah. Know, how many how many people have just like carried on walking or driving or gone to stand? Have no idea that there's this like amazing character living in living in a cave. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's incredible. Okay, well, thanks, thanks for bringing it to the festival. Looking yeah. forward to showing it. Craig, let's talk about Destination. Yeah, um, we shot Destination over a weekend. Yeah. We entered the 48-hour film project uh, last year. We figured it would be a good idea to put ourselves through pure hell for yeah. a short amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> was, was it a good idea? Uh, yeah, well, it has because, yeah. um, you know, in the more immediate sort of result, the film unfortunately didn't make the the deadline okay. we missed it by about like 10 or so minutes oh. which was gutting yeah. to say the least 
Um, but our producer, uh, Greta Henley, was really keen to actually submit it to a few festivals. Yeah. And surprisingly, we've actually, yeah, we've actually, it's been doing really well. It's so it's life. become a, a little, little gem, you know, which yeah. we weren't sort of expecting. Yeah. So it's also about, it's also about fathers. It's also about loss. It's also about yes. processing grief. We, we drew a, a category, which I can't specifically at this point remember what it was called now, but it was along the lines of like femme noir or uh, something. Okay. And, um, Basically, it had to be a story that was a centralized character who was female, um, drama specifically. So we came up with this idea of a widow who um, one day begins to hear the voice of her husband from an unexpected source. You know? mm. And uh, it deals with loss, with learning to sort of move on and kind of forge your own path um, in life. And uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, and a and a really strong performance as well from Kelsey yes, Egan. Yes, yes, Kelsey Egan is fantastic. Um, we were really lucky to actually get her on board. Um, everyone sort of just came together in the last sort of few hours. Um, we, I mean, those forty eight hour film. Yeah. The forty eight hour film competition is just a, an onslaught of, of insanity mm. just in, the, in the in the first place. <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty much so. I mean, we, we were lucky to get, um, well, every every member of the cast specifically. I mean, we had uh, Ernie B. Sinclair, who's uh, this really good hip-hop artist, but slash stuntman, slash choreographer, slash really good actor, good sense of humor. Um, we had Mark Place, who's uh, prolific in a lot of commercial work mm. and uh, also quite a quite a funny actor. And then we had uh, our veterans, you know, like um, Deirdre Voletta and um, Dion Lotz, mm. you know. So um, coming together just in one morning, finalizing a script, shooting all Saturday, editing on on a Sunday was a mm. was a trip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where did the story come from in the in the beginning? What inspired it? We um, we were sort of circling around an idea or two where I. The, the thing is, I've, I've done a lot of sort of work with uh, Greta Henley in the past. Mm. One or two of our previous short films, we, we collaborated. Um, she's a, a qualified scriptwriter, trained UCLA. Um, Schnitt, I, Schnitt veterans, the two yes, of Yes, yeah. And, and I'm, I like my directing. <laughs> but I'll, I'll collaborate, I'll help write a little bit. Um, so the idea or concept came from wanting to merge a little bit of more her sensibilities, which were primarily... Uh, more drama, more human, emotional sort of storytelling. Mm. I kind of always like a little bit of something that's a bit specular or off center, you know. Right. So, and and because I come from a VFX background, I'm kind of always prone a little bit towards that. Yeah. So I think it it was a, an interesting kind of hybrid. Yeah, and then it's also we like talking big abstract terms without giving away the secret yes, premise. Yeah. Well, because I think if you give it away, you sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. You you don't wanna you don't wanna. Um, I don't know, lift, pull back the curtain on that mm-hmm. sort of too soon, but destination, uh, check check that out, um, and yeah, it's a, again a super diverse lineup of films from you know the really the light to the dark or the the like the, the emotionally intense, and then the sort of downright curious maybe, um, <laughs> which which I mean in like the best possible sense because it's because because um, yeah I don't know. Because Schnitt is diverse and varied. So let's talk about what's exciting to you guys in the world of South African art, film, music at the moment. We're sort of at a time where you're seeing more and more really interesting projects being released every year. Just for you guys, what are some of the things where you, where you, you get out there and you go like, this is cool, this is exciting? And I'll open that to the floor. I'm not going to, anybody who wants to speak and jump in or something. 
I think what I've um, I'm just jumping in here. <laughs> I think it's a it's a general thing to say, but what feels quite nice from a, a pulse point of view, uh, being in South Africa and Cape Town, is that because of the online community, we're so integrated internationally, and yet we're in kind of a, feels like a smaller pool where mm. you can get more done, you can collaborate a lot easier. Um, people tend to know each other. There seems to be uh, like, like the 48 hour. There's just a lot of energy mm. to, f- for people putting into film. And, and um, I've, I've, st- I've visited and studied and been overseas a bit. And it feels like that energy is, is not, at, or at least you get lost in the mix. It's just right. you're, you're a drop in the ocean. Whereas, yeah. Like, yeah, South Africa and Cape Town specifically, I guess, um, has definitely got that energy that, that I enjoy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to jump in. I was at Encounters earlier in the year, and what's got me totally excited is this new virtual reality. Ah. They had the exhibition there where you could watch these short films, especially for the documentary medium. That's yeah. what excites me, and sound and playing with audio mm. and seeing where that's going to go and how that's going to change storytelling. Or it's, I read an article where they were saying editing semiotics are being made from scratch because it's a whole new way of even thinking about filmmaking. Right. So that's. That's very interesting, it is interesting for me, yeah. It's even with the whole like Facebook Live 360 thing where, mm-hmm. where people are, you yeah. can be in a space. So I think, you know, for journalism reporting, people, are, you can literally immerse yourself in a thing in real time as it's happening. It's yeah. Yeah, very crazy. Are you playing around in that space? Um, I'd like to. So I've got a few ideas and, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think even with sound recording, with binaural recording, mm-hmm. where it just literally puts you yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, and this room, I'm curious to see all of these films that you've <laughs> just heard. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's always quite interesting to do this before the festival because people talk about their films, but nobody's really seen each other's <laughs> yeah. films. Yeah. Oh, well, that sounds amazing! I can't wait to see that. Um, we should, uh, yeah. It's, well, it's, it, 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 it's going to be it's going to be a good weekend. I think we're showing 30 South African films, maybe slightly more than that, and then there's filmmaker breakfasts and all sorts of chances for people to meet each other, network, and. Do exactly what you're talking about, Paul, and collaborate. And re- <coughs> excuse me. Really, it's not a big industry, actually. And the more we get together and, and support and screen and, and watch each other's work, the better it's yeah. it's going to be for everybody. You yeah. know. Plus, we're all stalking each other anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But I, I must also just give credit to the Schnitt uh, Film Festival. I mean, last year I went to. I was privileged to go to the workshops, mm-hmm. and uh, there were interviews with you know the local filmmakers, some of their feature films. We were speaking to uh, people from the Writers Guild, um, looking at potential finances, um, what sort of grants are available for filmmakers in this country. And just from being in a space for two or three days, you know, the the people just in this circle that were sort of at the same event, I've collaborated with now since. Amazing. You know, I've I've worked on films, we've worked on short films, we've worked on commercials, music videos, everything. And so it sort of just draws this world a little bit more closer to home with with everyone. Mm -hmm. And I also have to add that I think also the fact that um, because there's a lot of feature work, international work that's actually been filmed now in Cape Town specifically, mm. whether it's television and and um, features, we're getting a lot of our crews and and actors and you know people in the industry who are getting a chance to actually gain experience and not just normal experience but international experience. Yeah. Mm. And so we're starting to see local filmmakers bringing a lot of that to the table and and you know developing really good uh, local mm. content. I mean, there's no doubt we've got world class 
facilities, crews, mm. technical ability and creativity here in South Africa and, and more of that's being applied to these big international exactly, shows yeah. like you say. And it's mm. people aren't just coming at a film Tomb Raider because it's cheap. They're coming at a film Tomb Raider because it's Okay, it's cheap, but <laughs> but also because we're really good. Yeah, you know, exactly. we're really good down here. So it's 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 always got to be it's got to be the both of those. Mm. Um, going around the circle because I realized we didn't do this. But what what are you guys working on now? What's next? I know you've got a super exciting feature mm. down the line uh, based on a real true life event yes. in South African history. Yeah, we 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 were sort of just uh, developing an idea or two for a potential feature, and we came across a story that we we read in the Guardian. And um, it's, I can't get too into it, but it's essentially a story that uh, happened in South Africa in the early 80s. And it's, it's phenomenal. Um, we started doing some more research. We tracked um, the main guy who's sort of responsible for this whole event that happened. And he was sort of living in a hippie commune, wow. <laughs> like completely off the grid. Um, you know, so, so we've sort of done extensive interviews and, and got his whole story down. And the amazing thing is that there's, there's a lot of sort of scope that's, that's growing from it. You know, there's a potential documentary now that's okay. starting as well. Um, some big people are, are getting involved, so it's it's exciting. It's oh, really that is exciting. Yeah. What's what? Can you give us a name or something um, to look out well, for? Well, I would say it's it's sent, it's called Kuburg mm. for now as a tentative title, and it's it's centered around um, the fact that uh, Kuburg power station was once sabotaged in the okay. early eighties. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, it's well, quite compelling. We're talking Coen Brothers sort of uh, great storytelling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it just the premise alone is compelling. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, Roxanne, what, do you, what have you got in the pipeline? Um, I've just finished my first feature documentary okay. that premiered at Diff earlier, so now I'm focusing on taking it to other festivals. Okay. And then I'm part of a production company called Real Epics Productions. Hmm. Tell, us, tell us about the, the film. The one that I've just finished. Yeah. It's yeah. called Finding Freedom, and it follows two ex-offenders over a year and a half as okay. they renegotiate life on the outside and sort wow. of a poetic exploration on what freedom is and how it changes depending on your where you are in life mm -hmm. um, so that's it's getting a very good reception so yeah. far so that's what I, where I was out filming the final scene for that when we okay. did Caveman or amazing two, two years you say you filmed for about a year and a half I followed oh, yeah. them yeah and how did you find it changed you watching two people sort of uh, rekindle their relationships with the world after having been away from it um, well they I think they'll be in my life forever mm. I think it's yeah. quite a, an intense process and it made me rethink a lot of judgments that I personally had. Um, they both were committed in prison for quite serious crimes, mm. one for hijacking where someone was killed and one for rape. Oh, wow. So when you're seeing the complete humanity in two individuals like that, it definitely yeah. has a very yeah intense impact. Sure. Where can we see it next? Where is it screening next? Um, I don't know. In South Africa, I'm having there'll be a UCT showcase as it was part of the master's program okay. coming up. But um, I have a website, so Finding Freedom Film. Com. All right, check it out. Yeah. Cool. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Yeah, Alex, what's uh, what's next for for you? So this um, Sons of Crime was a grad film. Yes. A grad film. Yes, okay. that's right. It was a graduation film. Okay. Um, currently, in terms of uh, a project, I'm kind of exploring the commercial industry, but okay. I am currently finishing my honors at AFTA, and we are working on an honors um, graduation film again. Okay. And this time it's called Unquenched, and uh, basically the story follows um, the current drought problem in South Africa. Right. So our film is based in the near future, 
um, and it's about a character who has these powers to bring rain. Okay. So, yeah, that's going to be quite interesting. It'll also be at the lobby at the end of the year. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds cool. So, it's a short film? Yes, it's it's going to be 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So, maybe we'll see it at Schnitt next year. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> well, that, that would be very cool. Cool. All right. Um, Gerard? Sure. Everyone's so busy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, after you finish a project, it's almost like it... You know, you don't want to take a break because, you know, there's the whole thing of like hopefully it'll build up momentum yeah. and like you, you kind of ride along with that, which was kind of the whole idea, like doing the short that we're showing at, at Schnitt and then went straight into writing uh, a feature. Okay. And um, without giving too much away, it's it's basically almost like a hyperlink cinema kind of film, in you know, in the vein of 21 grams mm. and, and that kind of multi-character multi-plot story um but it deals with the kind of the world of animal trafficking and poaching okay so it's told in south africa but it has like international scope if you will mm. um and i've been lucky enough to get that option um right. and so that's kind of like in the works um which is fantastic because like i mean shorts it just goes to prove like that's really the way that you can kind of just take that first step and at least personally, it's you kind of prove to yourself. At least you know a lot of people think, "Oh, I can, I can do this. I can." It's easy, you know, <laughs> until you spend like yeah. the year making the shorts and the two years writing the feature, and then you're like, mm, "It's not so easy." Never easy. <laughs> Never easy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. And, so, and 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 you know, you might have nothing to show for it at the end. You know, mm. it might just kind of die, but it's fun, and it, I think you you have to enjoy the process, though, and. But yeah, like so. Other than that, um, now the question is like, cool. Did a short format thing, then a long format thing. So what's next? You know, to do another short or um, get into something completely different. Mm. Um, so but a lot of you know potential things. Um, but I think actually this last week kind of decided on the oh. next kind of project, oh, okay. which could be. Could work. Hopefully. Oh, well, that's cool. At least I'm still in that like. You you're know, still that, cementing the decisions. Yeah, so. that that honeymoon phase with the idea. Where so you you're should, like, I don't want to tell anyone, but <laughs> I want to tell everyone, and then it's that weird thing. Well, know? you should tell us now because then it'll live on the internet forever, and you have to do it. <laughs> uh, well, the the premise of it's very simple, obviously, because it's quite a newer idea or thoughts. But um, it's essentially just a, a different take on on. I suppose it would could manifest itself as slightly science fiction-y, but um, on the thought of... And there have been a lot of films about, cool, what if, you know, machines try and take over and, mm. and you know, rain war and, on, on humanity or wage war against humanity. And it's kind of like deals with that subject, but in a way that I've never really seen it before, okay. and w which I think at least is way more realistic. Because that's the issue often with, with like, you know, the suspension of disbelief, mm -hmm. like how far can you take your audience and then they buy into it and you can take them on this journey. But what if you make it as realistic as possible that they actually go, like this might actually be happening right okay. now. Um, which, yeah, it, uh, I think you can see it like there's mm, still yeah, lots okay, of, cool. a lot of like <laughs> things to figure out. But well, that sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Paul, what, uh, what's next? Haven't, haven't we run out of time? I feel like we've run out of time. Oh, you're, no, we, you're right, we have. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, we haven't. We haven't, Paul. Now you must talk. What's you next? must talk about yourself, Paul. You must well, talk about yourself. I want to build that pine cupboard for my bedroom. This is important because yeah. so often in the film industry you just don't exactly, have time don't to, time like, to do basic DIY. Personal. <laughs> 
Um, no, I don't have anything too uh, concrete. I'm um, working on another short mm. that's uh, probably in like the third draft stage um, called The Last Cigarette. Called The Last Cigarette. Uh, sorry, I was drifting from my mic there. That's okay. I'm done now though. Done. That was it. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very short. Oh, it's a bit like that whole synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 just sort of um, I wanted to kind of practice writing and uh, shooting something that's just a dialogue scene that uh, to see how I can play with holding a viewer and and right. keeping it interesting with back like kind of subtext and um, you know backstory just through minimal dialogue. Uh, so I've just written the scene between a, um, a son and a bellboy, and um, he's he's arrived home to uh, to return for his father's um, funeral, mm. um, and he finds uh, the last cigarette that his dad in his he's wearing a suit of his father, and uh-huh. so he kind of dialogues with the bellboy um, and the mirror, and it's just it's just all happens in one room. Mm. Um, the cigarette kind of plays a part um the bellboy being a smoker and him not and then right. losing the cigarette and there being kind of a uh, an extension of feelings towards his father who he actually resents and the cigarette being smoked by the bellboy etc cetera, etc cetera, that kind right. of thing okay so i'm just playing with it it's mostly dialogue based <laughs> one room cool it's messing around we'll see how. yeah now now that i've said this i guess now i've got to do it now you yeah, have yeah, to yeah, do yeah. it <laughs> and we want to see it next year yeah, yeah. but just on your point earlier, because like, uh, what's so amazing is like you're asking, you know, how do you feel about, um, you know, South Africa and creativity as a whole, and you know, just being in this room and like people talking about their projects and can't see over a podcast, mm. but I mean, like, it's amazing. Oh, no, we like, are we are on webcam as well. Oh, really? Yeah, we've been watching the whole thing. <laughs> well, let me put my clothes on then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you think we pay for this? <laughs> Why do you think we made you take them off? <laughs> But it, but it really feels like, at least within a South African context, you know, for a long time, and you look at like the kind of Afrikaans films that were out there, and it's, they all felt like they were following a bit of a formula and stuff. And this year at the the Silver Scatum Fierce, and you know, you, you see stuff, and then for the first time, you go like, you know, a film that I recently saw, Tess. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have seen it, but you, you you go like, fuck that. Sorry. <coughs> Wow, that got made, <laughs> and and you, you kind of like go, that's amazing. Like people are are it, it kind of feels like we're in that seventies kind of era that America went through. You know, like the, the wave. Yeah, yeah. The mm. um, the technology is enabling people to do stuff on smaller budgets and tell stories that you don't need anyone's permission to tell a story. You can just tell it mm. and put it on the internet. And if people like it, no one can argue with you. Like it's a business at the end of the day. They want to know, cool, will it sell tickets? But if the story is good, it will, and it'll get made, and and I think that's really exciting. Mm. Yeah, I think that's quite a good, profound place to leave it. Mm. Oh, um, I just had a nut. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second last cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> guys, thank you all for coming in and being part of It's a Schnitzer Volume Four or Five or whatever this is. We'll see you guys at the festival weekend. Tickets are on sale now, so you guys can go and spread the word far and wide. Tell people to come to the festival. The program, all the information is on schnitt.org and on Facebook. Uh, Elements Film Lab is happening again this year, so instead of three days, we've got one concentrated day. Again, of listening to some of the most exciting filmmakers working now. So we've got Meg Rickards, who directed Tess. 
we've got Dan Joshua who did Nome Scully. Uh, we've got Uga Carlini who did Allison. And in fact, I know you worked on that and did the VFX, Craig. That's correct. Um, and then we've got Akina Matoso coming in to do a keynote conversation at the end of the day. He's just premiered Via at Toronto, a huge, amazing acclaim. And he's obviously a legend of South African films. So he's going to be there talking about just making films and hopefully getting people excited. So uh, elementsfilmlab.org is all the information you need to know. Come in and check it out. And we'll see all of you guys at the festival. Thanks for coming. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, has been a Lalela Media production. For more Lalela podcasts and goodies, you can visit lalelamedia.com.